Welcome to the Underline Podcast. Underline seeks to embolden and equip those who have been called to a life of service. We strive to create a community where iron can sharpen iron, and believers will boldly live out their faith as lions. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for joining us at the Engine Lab podcast again. Uh, we have the distinct pleasure of, of talking with Kyle Lamb, who's been, he's done a webinar with us and he's got his own company, Viking Tactics, and you know, he's led a life that's been, most people probably read about in books. Uh, it's also just cool to hear as a fellow Christian, a fellow believer about all the things that he's done. And we look forward to discussing uh, all the things and, and features and, and things that he's done in his life. So Kyle Lamb, thank you so much for joining us. Would like to give you a second to talk about any type of works or anything that you're doing right now so that people can kind of look forward to getting into that and those things that you are you're producing. Well, thanks for having me, fellas. It's uh it's an honor. I I uh I'm always cheering from the sidelines watching what you guys are doing and it's it's super motivating to see young men like y'all doing what you're doing. And uh yeah, my hat's off to you guys for sure. Uh, really the only thing I guess I want to hit on is we started the Stay in the Fight Foundation. Viking Tactics is doing fine, but we started Saying the Fight Foundation to, to help people that, were, that are in need. 100% of the proceeds that people give to the foundation go to the end result. There's no, there's no fees. There's no nothing taken out of that. There's only two people that make the decision who gets the money, and that's my wife and I, and really she's got, she's got the con on that, so she, she pretty much handles that. We've been able to help everybody from active duty military special forces soldiers that needed help to active duty military guys that needed help for one of their family members that the military wouldn't pay for certain medical procedures. We've been able to help some law enforcement folks. And then, you know, the reason we really started this was there's a lot of organizations for cops and for military, especially in the special operations side to get help. But for just Joe Average Civilian, that's a, a middle-income person, there's just not a lot of places to go. And they hit a bump in the road. You know, one of our requirements is you have to have a job. And it's kind of funny that most of these people that, that reach out to us, they don't have one job. They've got two or three jobs. They're trying to make ends meet. And, you know, whether it's a battered woman or a dude that's having issues, you know, paying the rent for a month because something happened, that's what we're doing. So doing that. And then along with that, I'm doing a lot of forging of knives and tomahawks and things like that. And uh, some of those, you know, when people see them, they're like, oh man, I, I want to buy that thing. And, and none of that stuff's for sale. But if people make a donation for that, then that donation ends up going 100% of that goes to stay in the fight foundation as well. So it's kind of fun. We've had country music stars buy stuff. We've had local people here in Tennessee buy stuff. We've had just a really interesting group of people that, that stay in the fight foundation has been able to reach out to. So that's probably the most, well, no, it's not probably, it's the most important thing that, that we're doing right now. Um, our business is going great because I mean, it's 2021 and America's kind of down in the dumps. So that means that we do very good in business being a tactical company which is good and it's bad. I mean, it's good for us. It's sad that some people had a rough year, but uh, we're going to count our blessings while we can, I guess. Yeah, so no, pretty much it. 
That's awesome. Um, I saw that on your website, and actually, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. Stay in the fight. Obviously, it's got to be something that's, that's important for you, and you you have a different look at it. Obviously, like being in special forces in the unit for you know 15 years or so. So, like, I'm sure you know a lot of people that need those that help, that additional help, as well as like after your transition out of active service. You know, it's great that you're still looking to help those, uh, not just get on with your own life and looking to serve yourself with Viking tactics and like these, which is great but also kind of give it back to the community that you came out of for 15 years. That's, that's awesome. What I think is interesting is, you know, we hand out these stay in the fight foundation cards and we give them to first responders and law enforcement dudes and military people and all of our customers. Quite honestly, it's not for them. And I'm not saying that all cops are squared away, but most cops have got it pretty, things are pretty tight. Most military people, they've got it pretty tight, but they know and they're dealing with the populace that doesn't have things going well. And I'm not saying they're bad people. I'm just saying that they may be down in their luck. You know, we don't, we want to help anybody. It's, it doesn't, you know, it's, it, it's, it's been very good because we're helping people that are way outside of our normal group of people that we would work with. And that's, what's uh, really been fun for us. That's huge too, because just as a, from a police officer's perspective, you've just given essentially ammunition for that police officer to change the community's opinion of him. And if he has something like, uh, access to resource like that and is able to reach out to that family that is struggling or go into a family that's been hit hard with some sort of tragedy. A lot of times as a police officer, we have to put a bandaid on it and walk away and you feel like I really didn't help anything, you know, but yeah. to be able to link them to an organization that has more resources is fantastic. So I'll definitely touch base with you offline to get some of those cards so we can put them out to our community too. Cause I think that's, that's really cool. Yeah. And the, and the good thing too, when law enforcement comes to us with somebody, they've already vetted that person. So it's not just some dude or some gal that's reaching out to us. And we've had some people try to pull shenanigans on us already, but my wife is, she's squared away. She catches, you know, she could be a good investigator. She catches them cold handed there, but man, just something like, you know, your insurance, you got to pay your deductible. And all of a sudden, because you have to pay that deductible, now you're behind on the rent or whatever. Whenever we've had a legitimate one, it's, it's like, yeah, of course we're going to help this this person. One of the things that, that I do want to tell you as a story and, and, you know, we're going to, we're going to talk about the word and, and God here in a minute. And this is going to lead directly into that. We had a active duty military guy contact us. Uh, him and his wife had a little girl and she needed, so there's, there was two choices. She could have surgery to fix her head, or she could get this helmet and the helmet's like $2,000, which you'd think that the military would go, okay, $2,000 is better than cracking this little girl's head open, but that's not how the military looked at it, which is just asinine, but that's beside the point. You know, we get this call and I'm out hunting. So my wife calls me up, she goes, tells me the story and she goes, I already know your answer, but I just wanted to tell you what's going on. And she goes, and by the way, it's $2,000 and we don't have any more money and stay in the fight foundation. I'm like, well, how Melinda Lambert about to make a donation? That's what I was thinking because that's the right, that's the right thing to do. That just is, you know, if, if you, and, and Melinda had a, uh, a niece who had a son that had the same thing happen and he had the helmet. He's good, man. That little dude is like, he's all over it now, you know? So we made that decision. That was it. The next morning, Melinda went out to the mailbox and she opened up the mail and she got a check from a local guy here who's a friend of mine. And guess what? It was enough to cover that expense. That donation, I mean, you tell me that's not a God thing. Oh, yeah. 
That's so I mean, that's, that's just the way it is. And it's, it's, uh, man, you're going to be, if you can help people and I'm not talking about Melinda and I, we're just the conduit. We're not the ones helping. It's all the people out there. You know, a guy in South Dakota, one of my, uh, one of my relatives, just an awesome guy working construction. He doesn't make a lot of money. He sent us a check for a thousand dollars. Holy cow, man. Think about that. That's a huge tithe from him to us to help those people. So right. anyway, I'll let you get on with what no, you want to talk about. That's, but. but that's exactly what we should be talking about, right? Because like, as, as believers across this country, right, we can talk about the different, we'll talk about the different roles with, as Christian warriors, like we can take into the fight, but that is one of them, right? Like it's, it's not, you have to be able to step up and defend, right? And protect your loved ones. But it's also caring for people and showing love uh, where, where love's needed. I think that that is extremely important because this is what we need to be doing as believers across this country. There's, you know, we're so blessed to be in this country with, with a lot of excess, right? A lot of wealth. Yet there are a lot of people who are struggling. And we really need to look and just like Jesus' example, like look to those people in need. And like, that's what we're called to do because yeah. everything that we have in this life doesn't really matter, right? Like all the material things we have, if there's something that you can do to bless other people, 100%, that's what we should be doing. But yeah, and that's, I mean, that's a, awesome. Uh, I'll tell you, man, that's one of the struggles my wife and I have had you know, just kind of getting personal is that when I was in the military, we gave, we did what we could do. And, you know, and we went to church and did our stuff. But one of the struggles now is we've been very successful and I'm not trying to brag. I'm just saying it gets harder as you get more successful to do because you just a lot of different things start to happen in your lives. People approach you differently. You know, if I'm just some dude hanging out on the street. And that's a good thing. I look like a vagabond. So I don't really get harassed because I dress pretty poorly and uh, I don't look very inviting. But sometimes when people, you know, they're like, oh yeah, you run Viking Tactics. Well, hey, you know, old buddy, old pal, we need, it's like, you know, no, sorry, we can't, we can't help you. And that's, sometimes that's hard because you want to help everybody, but you really can't. And you've got to be it means a lot when you do that. So we want to pick and choose and, and we want to know, you know, and this is going to sound terrible, but we want to know where the money goes. And that's why we started staying the fight foundation. I'm telling you, every bit of that money goes straight to those people. It, we right. don't take anything. That's why when you look at a guy like Dave Eubank, there's no problem writing a check to free Burma Rangers. Yeah. Now they've got expenses, but yeah, body armor and an armored vehicle when they go to Syria. Yeah. That's probably a pretty good expense to, to use for right. them to spread the gospel. Well, it doesn't sound terrible when you say it because it's like when you look at the success you've had, I mean, like God has blessed you and so he's given you resources. And so you want to be wise with those resources, you know, and you're going to be discerning. And so you can use those and not just flounder it away, but you're going to be, you know, it wasn't yours to begin with. It's not yours now. He's, he's given it to you to, you know, use wisely. And so through having this foundation, seeing the fight foundation, you're doing that and you're honoring, you know, that you're not just squelching your wealth. So I, yeah, I think it's awesome. And I think it's so important to be wise with it. The parable in the Bible of the guys that get the cash and they, one guy buries it and he brings it back and says, look, I saved it. And the other guy took it and invested it and made it 10 times. You know, we're, that's kind of what we're trying to do because we, we can get more and more involved to help people if we keep producing. So we're investing in, you know, the right people. And it's just like you guys, that's why you've never had me turn you guys down for anything. And the main reason for that is you, you guys are an awesome investment because you guys are young men that love God. That's one thing. Your family men, that's number two. 
and you're in professions that are that get attacked, especially you, Josh. I mean, openly attacking you know law enforcement. That's what's going on. You are the people we want to stand with because you know you're getting persecuted by by folks like that. And you know, for Billy, it's it's he gets persecuted because he's an officer. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for that. Yeah, you know that was coming. No, yeah. but it's it's uh, we've got to stand together and, and having guys like you, you two that are doing what you're doing. I mean, that's the investment. That's the kind of investment we want to make because we know that I've seen what you guys do and whether you're talking to Victor Marks or Jim Bontrager or Dave Eubank or whoever, I mean, you guys are are doing good with what you have. You know, you're not out there just trying to beat your chest. You're trying to bring people to, to Christ and that's what it's all about. So, you know, we, we all, the other thing about that too is from what I've seen, you guys are not judging people and a lot of times in our business, that's what happens a lot of times is some people that are not on our side will say, oh, well, you're the big Christian and look what you just did. Yeah, I did. And I failed and I have faith and I'm going to ask for forgiveness because I've done a lot of bad things in my life and I've prayed a lot, you know, for, for those bad things I've done. I've tried to, you know, continue to grow as a Christian to become a better person. And I think that's the other part of it. If if you're in the word, that's awesome. But if you're in the word with your fellow man, that's what's going to give you the strength to stand up and, and be that Christian man or woman. I mean, either way, you've got to have, you've got to have men and women on both sides of that, that because you're going to stumble, dude. And when you stumble, we've got to pick each other up. That's our job. We can't judge each other, you know? And then, and then one of the other things too, that I like is being honest somebody calls you and they, you know, they're telling you their story doesn't hurt to tell them they're a bonehead. I mean, really, because if you're stupid, you're stupid. And sometimes you just don't know. And then when somebody says, dude, that's, you're, you're an idiot. What are you thinking, man? And then they go, Whoa, wait a minute. What was I thinking? And what's good about that is a lot of times when they do that, you're looking in a mirror. So when you see what, if somebody calls you, God's doing that for a reason when they call you and they need help or you find out they need help and you reach out to them, it's funny how all of a sudden that just turns around and you're like, man, I was just telling this dude what to do and this is the right thing to do. And I'm not doing that. So now I need to, I need to pull my head out of my fourth point of contact and get, you know, it's also, you know, when you actually do that, when you call, you know, call your brothers out, call your sister out for something. It also, for me personally, it holds me accountable, right? Cause now, like you said, like that judgment piece, it's, it's like, well, I just told this person, which I know is right. And now I'm going to turn around and do the other thing. It's, it, it's a point of, of accountability. and holds me accountable to myself and to the Lord for doing the right thing. Puts that much more of a buffer between you and giving in the temptation of, of whatever it might be. Can I give you a, an example real quick? Yeah, of course. So a very close relative voted for Joe Biden. <laughs> I kind of had an issue with that, you know? And his reason for doing that, he said, is because he just hates Donald Trump. And I wrote in my notebook, how can you be a Christian and hate someone because you believe they are not a Christian? So that's what I wrote because I wanted to get my, I was trying to like gather my thoughts. And then I was reading this book. I've got this book I've been reading. It's called Live Not By Lies. Have you seen that book? Live Not By Lies by Rod Dreher. And it's about the totalitarianism that's kind of overtaken America. But what it does, is it goes back and talks about Russia and what they had to deal with uh, in a, under a communist regime and what Christians had to deal with. 
So right. it points out kind of what's happening right now. But then what it points out is that it's coming. So you better have your Christianity squared away because you're going to get to test it. So as I was, as I, I wrote that down and then in the, I read like a, another page in the book and there was a Bible verse written in this book and it said, uh, it's Matthew five forty four and it said, but I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you and pray for them, which persecute you. So I'm like, man, that is the perfect verse to pass on to this bro that is speaking hatred for Donald Trump because I like Donald Trump and now this guy's pissing me off because he's a close relative and he's voted for Biden. And then I'm like, I get slapped across the face. For the exact That's for same me. Thing. It's for me. It's not for that dude. It's for me. So I'm the one that is judging this guy because he voted for Joe Biden and because I want him to, I want to hold him close to make him accountable and all this crap. And it's like, I'm the one that's judging. And as Dave Eubank always says, love everybody. Yep. Man, if you just remember that every day, it, I mean, it's, it's hard. Oh, <laughs> but, yeah. You know, I struggle with it. My, my wife's got to try to keep me straight. My grandkids keep me straight. My family keeps me straight. That is a, it's a sharp contrast too. When you have that in your, in the forefront of your mind, right? Like I'm going to love everybody. Cause like, even I'm receiving you know, texts from other people today about all the stuff that's been happening the past couple of days, whether it be the Senate races, whether it be, you know, the, the stuff that's going on in the Capitol building. And immediately I get, you know, get angry, get amped up. And I, I want to respond to these people when I anger and be like, you're wrong. You're, you know, take the wool of, uh, off your eyes. This is stuff that's been going on for years. And, you know, it's, it's extremely easy to fall in that temptation. But like you said, like once you had the mindset of like, love everybody. And when I was listening to the podcast with that, you had Dave Eubank on just listening to how he talked about people in Syria, even how he treated him and his family were treating the members, the former members of ISIS, right? Like handing out food to them. It's like, you know, it's ISIS. Like, so we've, we've in the, we've seen videos of what these people were capable of, what they've done to people, what they've done to innocent women and children. And yet Dave Eubank and his family and, and free Burma, free Burma Rangers are like handing out food to them, giving them care. It's like, that is absolutely amazing. But I'm over here getting mad at this guy because they disagree with my, you know, certain political standpoints. Yeah. yeah. Like, what is that garbage? Yeah. Yeah. Well, in that, in that same book, and I, and I would highly recommend reading this book. I, I'll, I'll send you a picture of it or something later. So you guys can post that in the notes or whatever you want to do. But one of the other thing, it's one of the other things that it said in the book, it said, what are three Christian values that you would die for? Ooh. Think I mean, about that. Hey, I'm going to tell you right now, maybe you guys got all the answers. I didn't have the answers, man. I mean, my first answer was that Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior that lived and died to take away our sins. Okay, I'm not sure if that's a value, but that's my belief. Yeah. And as I started to look at the you know, Christian values, you know, love your enemies, love everyone, be courageous for the Lord, be generous to those in need, respect, hope, peace, defend the unborn, service, forgiveness. Koinonia, you know what that is? No. Koinonia is a Christian fellowship or communion with other Christians. Patience, faith. Koinonia is Greek. I just learned it, so don't feel like you're stupid. I'm pretty stupid, too. I can barely speak like English. Uh-huh. I, don't, I, don't, I can't speak Greek. Yeah. My point is, we, we got to think about this stuff, because when they line you up, and, and I'll, I'll give you an example of some of the priests, they took Catholicism, 
big deal in uh, the USSR there. And they took these priests out of their prison cells and they took, you know, took these guys out and they lined them up in the woods. And actually, I think they took 12 guys out. They made them pull a, a sled or something out into the woods. And then they lined them up and they went down the line and the guy loaded a pistol at each one of them. And they didn't blindfold him or anything. And he, he said, is God real? First one goes, yes. And he put, he put the pistol to the guy's forehead and he said, is God real? Yes. Boom, he shot him. So the guys in the second rank were getting hit with brain matter every time one of these guys got shot. How many of those guys do you think denied the Lord? None. Zero. Mm-hmm. So I guess my point is, that's like the ultimate persecution. You're getting killed because of your, your religious beliefs. And we're sitting around upset because Joe Biden is, I mean, and, I, and I'm, not, I'm not trying to say I'm a Joe Biden fan. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is right. we as Christians have a lot of other things that we can worry about because there's, I mean, once you put your vote in, I had my nieces and nephews here from South Dakota for Christmas. And their dad passed away a couple of years ago from cancer. Mm-hmm. And I said, I don't even know anybody that voted. And my nephew goes, my dad voted for him. What? Because his dad is dead. So that was the joke. Oh, no. His dad was able to vote for Joe Biden oh, because he's actually dead. So I, I know that's a terrible joke. But he said, he's got a sense just, of humor. Yeah, he's got a great <laughs> sense of humor. So I guess, you know, my point is, if you're going around feeling sorry for yourself, you better just stop. Yeah, because there's no reason we're in America, dude. We're not persecuted at all. I mean, they try to do a few little things, but it's you can still come into my house. I can call you guys up. You can drive in from East Coast, come into my house, and we can pray. And the police are not going to come and and arrest you for coming to my house to pray. They might arrest you for other reasons to come into my house, but um, it's not going to happen. So I think that. If it does start to happen, how lucky are I mean, how lucky are you to be able to to prove your faith like that? Yep. You know what I mean? If to be persecuted, is that a bad thing? When I went to uh, I went on a, a mission trip to Jordan to help the Christians from uh, Mosul, Iraq, and I got asked to go along to basically to be a thug. And uh, these people, I mean, they're living it. You know, they're chased out of their homes where their families have lived for hundreds of years, and I mean, they're in, in the word, they're living the word. You know, some people look at that and say, Oh, these poor people, man, all I saw were people that were happy and were thankful for their, the relatives that they had that were still alive. They were, they were thankful that we were there to help them. They were thankful that they had food. And a lot of times we just expect, you know, we expect that. But anyway, I, I, sorry, I went off on a tangent there. No, Let me shut up and let you get back on it. (laughs) I love the tangent because it was reminiscent of a conversation I was having with a friend the other day, but like you guys join the, the military. And when you join the military, you go in with the assumption that you're going to go to war one day. Right. And that's why you train so hard. And that's why you train so much. And that's why you put so much effort into it. And you go through the hell that you have to endure so that you're prepared for combat or hopefully prepared for combat. But if you join the military and somehow they were, you, you were guaranteed that during your service, there's no chance you would go to war you'd probably get lazy, right? You'd get last, last the days ago, you would be whatever. And I think sometimes as Christians, like the church can, can become complacent like that, where it's like, well, there's no way 
you know, and so we become lackadaisical and we become complacent. But if as a Christian, we say, no, this persecution is real and I should live my Christian life like this is going to happen so that I'm prepared and so that I'm diving into community, like you were saying, Kyle, um, I'm, I'm loving others, you know, aggressively and passionately and recklessly, and I'm living my life and I'm preparing my life and getting in the word and getting in community like I will have to face that one day. So if it does turn, if you're not ready, it's too late. You know, it just kind of like if you never prepared to go to war, then you have to go to war one day. You're screwed. So, you know, I think it's important just as as leaders and as men, uh, leaders in our communities, professions, churches or whatever, that we start standing up and saying, like, hey, it's, you know, we can't wait till it's right. too late. Like, we have to set this standard and we have to meet it. And that's where, like, looking at those little things. So a lot of people, you know, talk, oh, 2020 is over. Thank goodness. Like, new year. It's going to be great and all this stuff. But, like, talk about, an, you know, an opportunity as Christians to be like, well, no, like, we learned a lot. Like, we we were tested I and mean, things happened and it's like, yeah, you, you have to be comforted in that one God sovereign plan, but two, you got to like run towards and accept those different. And I, I say if in America, 2020, right? Like we're still privileged uh, over a lot of other people in the world, but you take those things and you have to be, be thankful. And Jim Bontrager always tells us too, right? Like you have to be thankful for those opportunities to refine and sharpen yourself in, in the word and in your faith in, in Christ, because Without those, like I think Josh, you hit it on the head, like you become lackadaisical school and you become easy prey for the enemy. Because, and Kyle, I know I sent you that text the other day, and Jim Bontrager actually sent me the book by uh, Lieutenant Colonel Grossman, as well as uh, Adam Davis, uh, the On Spiritual Combat. And so far, I've just started, I'm loving it, but that's exactly what he talks about. Like the first thing he discusses is the belt of truth, right? It's not other, some like the sword, he doesn't talk about the best breastplate right away, he talks about the belt of truth. And if we're not preparing ourselves and arming ourselves with the the spiritual armor of God, because the spiritual battle is always around, right? Like, it's not like, hey, we have, you know, Congress has declared war, we're going to fight. This is something that's going on constantly. And it's like, Victor Marx talks about the enemy developing strongholds in your life and, and using like whispers and, and, you know, making these small little, you know, sayings in your ear. And like, those are what we need to be concerned about, right? So like, oh, I think you're spot on. It's, easy for us here in America to kind of let the enemy get an upper hand because we're not prepared to deal with any type of, you know, hardships. It's not right there in front of our face. I think it's a great point, especially right now with the transition of the country. It's so easy to be polarized. It's so easy to hate other people, but that is exactly an opportunity for us to step up as Christians, as Christian leaders, like men and women to say like, no, I'm not going to give into this temptation of anger or rage towards somebody else just because they disagree with me. So I think it's an awesome opportunity. Have you guys heard of Todd Pierce? from Riding High Ministries? No, never have. So you should really go check out this guy. So when I did that podcast with Dave Eubank, Dave Eubank, <laughs> I got to tell you a quick story about Dave. So Dave got put into uh, quarantine because his wife, they had to go into quarantine when they went back to Thailand. And then his wife came up positive, like a false negative or, or false whatever. So they're, they're going to make the whole family stay in this hospital for another two weeks. So it's him and, and Pete in one room, his son, and then his two daughters who are on their college break in another room, and then Karen in the other room, his wife, Karen in the other room. So I'm not going to get into all that. They ended up getting out of there before Christmas, but, you know, whatever. The funny thing was when Dave went in there, Dave and Karen, he said, I knew how to slow dance. But she wanted me to learn how to do like the West Coast swing, jitterbug stuff. You guys probably don't even know what that is, but 
Unfortunately, I do. I do know. Okay. What that is. No, there's nothing wrong with that because that's that's cool. That's good dancing right there because you get to dance with another a woman, not with another dude. You know. So I said, "So where are you going with this, Dave?" He goes, "Well, I really want to. I really want to work on this. And since Karen's in the other room and Peter's with me, Peter's got to dance like a girl." And and I could hear Peter in the background. Don't tell him that. <laughs> and it was it was pretty funny. But anyway, so I did this podcast with with uh, Dave Eubank and Todd Pierce, his friend, reaches out to Dave and says, "Man, that was a great podcast. I want to meet that dude talking about me." So Dave sends this to me, and I he says, "Yeah, this guy's awesome. This Todd Pierce dude. He does a rodeo and prison ministry. So his rodeo ministry is." They bring in a horse that's not broke, and during his sermon, he breaks that horse. Wow. In one it's, sermon? How long is the sermon? <laughs> uh, 45 minutes. Wow. Dude, it's powerful. I watched it, and I was, like, in tears, man. I mean, it's, it's like, dude, shut up. You're talking right to me. Shut up. You know what I mean? <laughs> and then he does that in, in uh, prisons as well. He goes in, and it's the same thing, breaks a horse. You know, and they've tried to set him up for failure. They've given him wild stallions and stuff like that that have busted him up pretty bad. And he gets right back in there and breaks the horse. And that's awesome. And he he was a professional uh, rodeo dude, so he's you know he's a tough cat anyway. That's awesome. Okay. Like, you know, so, you're very much about rodeo ministries, rodeo and prison ministries. So I'll definitely we'll definitely have to check that. You said Riding High Ministries. Yeah, Riding High Ministries. Todd Pierce, P I E R C E. Believe that's how you spell it. I'll have yeah. to. I can get that for you, but yeah, just right. ride in high ministries. If you look that up, you'll be able to find him. So I end up getting on the phone and talking to this guy and it ends up that a friend of mine saved his life like 25 years ago. Wow. So he fell through the ice duck hunting or goose hunting in Idaho. And a friend of mine out there actually is the one that went in and got him out of the ice and saved his life. It was like 20 wow. below zero or something. It was some or 20, I don't know, it was 20 degrees or 20 below zero. It was, it was really cold. So anyway, th- that was kind of interesting that we had this fellow friend. And then uh, I was kind of stalking him. I'm like, I'm looking for videos about this guy because I watched a couple of these videos and it was just amazing. So I started looking for more. And then there's some stuff of him doing prison ministries and all this. And all of a sudden up pops a video. And I don't even know where it was, if it was on Facebook or if it was on YouTube or whatever, but it's, it's him just and he probably doesn't go in as in depth as I am going to go with this, but his point was, he said he went and talked to some different people and they were acting funny. So because of what's going on because of COVID or because of the election or whatever, they're acting funny and they're getting all crazy and getting hot under the collar. And what he said was he challenged, he challenged us to be the thermostat and not be the thermometer. And when I heard that, it immediately spoke to me because you know as well as I know that if you're a military or law enforcement guy, you being a law enforcement uh, dude there, Josh, when you roll into a, you know, whatever the situation is, if you take control of that situation, things will go well. If you lose control or you start to get amped up, everybody gets amped up. And then you just got to shoot everybody, right? I mean, that's what you guys do, right? <laughs> No, but the, the, the point is, especially in this day and age, with your family, with your friends, out in society, because somebody pisses you off because they got a, you know, I love Starbucks t-shirt on and you're a Black Rifle coffee dude or whatever, 
But the bottom line is, it's as a Christian, I think we have got to be the thermostat and not the thermometer. Because if we're the thermometer, that means that we're picking up that temperature that everybody around us has. And that's not good, especially, you know, you know this, but I'm going to say it anyway. People are looking at you because you say you're a Christian. Right. And if you start acting wrong, I'm telling you, you guys are superstars. People are looking at you. They know who you are. They're not asking you for autographs yet, but that's coming in the next few months. They're going to start asking for autographs there. I'll start learning how to write with other things besides crayons. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, Josh, you know, he's lying. He always eats them. He doesn't write with them. <laughs> so be that, you know, my challenge there would in your whole life. And that's, man, I struggle with that. It's just like I told you, you know, love your enemies. And I'm telling this guy that, oh, he needs to get his act together. And I'm the one that's jacked up and I need to be the thermostat. So. Todd Pierce, check him out. He's awesome cat. And I'm hoping to meet him in person one of these days. Uh, that's awesome. We'll definitely have to check that. I like that being yeah. the thermostat, you know, not the thermometer. Cause I think that's a, it's a, especially within our, our groups, right. In our professions, it's, it's easy to try and have like the, the cohesion through suffering. And, and one quick way to do it is to complain about your environment and where you're at. And it's like, that's a very easy temptation to fall into. And you can quickly spin out of control because yeah, you're hundred percent right. People are watching you and they want you to at least come down to their level if they're gossiping or they're talking ill about a commander or some type of, you know, some type of command climate survey or whatever popped out like that. Those things happen all the time. I think that as you now it's another opportunity as Christian leaders to take control of that environment and not shy away from it. Yeah. yeah and I think both ways. I mean, if it's if people are being negative just to be negative, you know that you don't want to be around negative people. Nobody right. wants to be around negative people. They don't even want to be around themselves. That's just the way it is. Yeah. Um, but then the other side, you know, like you said, and I just want to make sure people understand is that if something is wrong with your command structure, you got to be man or woman enough to stand up and, right. and say something. If you're just the guy or gal that's over here moaning about it, you're part of the problem. So yeah. be able to stand up and, and do that. And it's, man, sometimes it's hard. You know, it's in the military, we're blessed because we got two years. And then if they're a dirtbag, they're gone. I mean, it's two years. That's it. Pretty much it. In law enforcement, they stay around till they die. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's too bad. It's, it, I, wish that in, I wish that every business had to change leadership every two years. And some people hate me. They hate when I say that. But if you have a great leader, you should learn from that leader in two years so that you can apply those fundamentals when they leave. And if you get a crappy leader after that, hopefully having that good leader will carry you through that crappy leader. And then you'll know how good you really had it with that great leader when you right. get the crappy one. And then hopefully the next leader is going to be a good leader or a great leader. So, man, it's tough. It's, there's, so many, <laughs> there's so many challenges that you got to deal with. But, you know, you guys said it earlier on. If, you know, if, if you're not challenged, you're probably not doing anything. Right. You know, you're probably doing exactly what the devil wants, wants you to do. Kyle, just because you mentioned leadership and uh, – from your book, Leadership in the Shadows, I like, I like what you said. And you kind of carried it out. Uh, I forget which chapter it was, but you talked about one word and you ask a bunch of different people one word to describe leadership. If you don't mind just talking with our listeners and telling them what your word was and, and why you chose that word to describe leadership. Well, my, my word in the book was credibility. And I would say that I still like the word credibility. But, but you got to remember this, Billy. That's my word. 
That's not your word. That's my word. So what does that mean to you as a leader? If you're a leader and you're leading Marines, what's more important, your word or their word? It's their word. It's got to be their word because you are leading them and you've got to lead them the way that they need to be led. So a lot of times we get, oh, my word is that I don't care. You're the leader. What those 10 people that work for you, what are their words? Well, I don't know. Oh, so you don't care enough about your people to ask them what their word is so that you can do your leadership, you know, employ your leadership tactics to work with that person. You know, if that, uh, that person is trust or that person is, that person says lead from the front or that person says always be present or, I mean, man, I can build exactly what I've got to do on a daily basis to take care of all the people that are my followers. But credibility, the, the reason I pick credibility, and it's kind of funny because I put people on the spot with that. I tell them, hey, what's your word? Okay, what's your word? And they, I give them a 10-minute break or whatever to you know, do what they, whatever they got to do, but then come back and we're going to talk about how that, you know, what their word is and how that applies to the people they lead, but then also how it applies to the people that are leading them. Because it's important for your leaders to know what your word is, but it's important for you to, you know, how, if, right. if you are living credibility, what does that mean to the people that you're, that you're leading? It's a really good exercise. Right. And the, and the thing I would say is that if you think about it for a while, you'll probably change your word. Because for me, I, you know, this guy told me that and I said, hmm, I got to think about that. And I was like two years into it, trying to figure out what my perfect leadership word was. And then when I I stumbled onto credibility because I was like, you know, I want people that I can look to and I know that they're legit. Well, the only way for that to happen is with credibility. And the other thing is I've seen leaders that had credibility that lost it. I've seen leaders that had no credibility and then they found it. And, you know, if you're a credible leader, you better keep trying to be credible because, you right. you know, you're going to stumble. You are. You're, we're all going to stumble. That's just the way it is, you know. No, I love that exercise. I took it once. I asked a few buddies. We had the same conversation. And sure enough, like you just said, you come back the next day and be like, you know, actually, I want to change my word. And it's like, have it all the time. But I think what's critical what you talked about is, is having that discussion with those you lead and, and vice versa, up and down the chain of command. Because that shows, one, like you're on the same page and you get to know them and you value what they value like in a leader. And it's not necessarily being a chameleon and changing who you are, but it's definitely tailoring your leadership to get the best or you know, the most inspiration to that individual, which I think is extremely important. But, but you're there to serve. If you're a leader, you got to be there to serve and you're serving the people that you're leading right. and to serve people. That means that you take care of them in the old days. You know what happened? You wash their feet. I mean, I'm not going to do that for a bunch of jarheads, but, but you get what I'm saying. I mean, yeah. you have to give an act of service to, to be a good leader. And that act of service is understanding what their word is. Cause I've had guys before I'm like, well, what are your guys' words? And the guy goes, Hey, what are your words? Well, my word is credible. You know, and they interrupt him. It's like, no dude, shut up. Just <laughs> shut up and listen to your guys for a minute because they're smart dudes. You can learn a lot from them. Uh, so I guess uh, kind of using that as a transition, if, and we kind of talked about it already, whether it be, you know, being a thermostat or being a thermometer, but if you had just for our listeners and kind of like you discussed already, we're a little bit on the younger side. If you had just something, a word of encouragement or challenge to the next generation of, of Christian men and women who are serving in law enforcement, military, first responders, whatever the profession is, what would that one word or phrase be to them? Dude, come on. Have you ever heard me come up with one word or one phrase? 
This I is mean, a story, bro. I, I'm going to have to tell the story. We'll, we'll settle for a story. <laughs> I mean, I'm not against the story. So here's, here's what I would say. How do you know if somebody's in God's army? How do you know? We can look at their actions and look at their behavior and look at how they walk in faith. But I guess to me, I don't think I could ever really truly know right. if somebody's in God's army. Right. So you, you don't know. Now, we know this guy or gal's in the Marine Corps because they wear a uniform. But we don't wear uniforms. We don't, you know, it's not the color of your skin. It's not how you dress. It's not any of that. Maybe if you're Catholic, I mean, you can probably tell who the boss man is because he's got a shirt on backwards or whatever. But in our faith, we don't know. So what I would challenge guys and gals of your age with is find out who's in God's army with you. So how do we do that? Well, we got to talk about being in God's army. And the reason I say that is because there's strength in numbers. And, you know, we talked about this on one of the other deals that we did together, iron sharpens iron. And to me, that's not just, you know, going out and beating on a piece of steel, but that's having a guy or a gal on your left and right that, that are of similar beliefs that, that make you accountable for your actions as a Christian. And if we form this co- cohesive army together, well, there you go. That's what we need. And we need guys like you all, and you're doing it because people know who you guys are. Those that are listening to this, I would say, try to do the same thing. And I'm not talking about going out and standing on the street corner and reciting Bible verses. Hey, there's nothing wrong with that. But the way that I win people over or I find out that they're in God's army is I'm down on the range and I'm talking to some dude and I'm like, well, you know, I'm a Christian. So, and then I'll say something. The guy's like, oh, you are. Well, okay, maybe he didn't see that, you know, I did something good. So I'm hoping I'm a Christian or whatever. But he's, he or she now knows, because I've said it. Don't be ashamed to say that in a public setting that I'm a Christian. But when you say that, you better be ready to back it up with your actions. And hey, we're going to stumble. Like I said, we're going to keep stumbling. But so I guess, you know, for, for me, it would be, you know, can you imagine like Joshua, when Joshua's walking along and all of a sudden, this dude's standing there with a sword and he's like, excuse me, sir, are you with us or against us? And what did God say to him? You know what he said? In the Bible, he didn't say, I'm with you, bro. He didn't say that. <laughs> he didn't say, hey, Joshua, I'm with you guys. He said, I am in God's army. Well, there you go. Now you know he's on your side. He didn't say I'm on your side. He said I'm in God's army, and I'm in God's army is on everybody's side that's on God's side. And and that's you know that's to me that's something important. Now guys like us, we always gravitate to those parts in the Bible that talk about swords and going into Jericho and you know bringing down the walls. And of course, as a Marine, there's prostitutes involved with that story, oh. so that's always <laughs> that's always good. The only part I didn't like about that story about Joshua going across the Jordan River, you know, they planned, they planned that mission. And if you guys don't know what I'm talking about, read about Joshua taking over for Moses and then going into the promised land. And I'm talking about the promised land that God was talking about, not Barack Obama's promised land book. The Bible is a true story. That other book might not be quite true there. Anyway, okay, I'll be nice. I'm supposed to love my enemies, so let me get back on track. So they went up to the Jordan River. They had to cross the Jordan to get to Jericho. They'd already had a, a, a two spies in there with the prostitute Rahab, and she had 
hid those guys in her in her house. That prostitute ends up being the great great grandmother of King David, yeah. which is an interesting another interesting twist there. So these jokers come back and they're like, "Yeah, we were there, so we got across the Jordan, and then we're going to set up our MSS, our mission support site, and then we're going to send out the leaders recon, and then we're going to go in there with these priests, and they're going to march around, and they're going to, you know." do what priests do. And then on the seventh day, they're going to march around seven times and then they're going to, we're going to holler and the walls are going to fall down. But before you do that, we all have to get circumcised. That's the part that nobody remembers that part of the story, but it's like, think of a bunch of Marines out in the woods. And then all of a sudden they get into their MSS and the platoon sergeant comes over and says, Hey guys, we got an ISIS stronghold up here about, it's about 20 clicks away. We're going to go in there and we're going to kick some ISIS butt, but we're all Christians. So before we go in there, everybody's got to circumcise themselves or we'll circumcise you. And we don't have any knives because it's not the iron age. We've got, you know, we've got sharp pieces of flint and that's how you're going to circumcise. So man, <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I don't know I mean, why I told you that story, but that part just makes me squeamish. I mean, Marines have done some weird stuff in the tree line, so I'm not going to say it wouldn't happen. But no, it's something, those little things will always pop out when you're reading the Old Testament. It's like, it did what? Because not to mention the recovery time. So the immense pain at, at the time, but then the recovery time, and I'm supposed to go into battle if I like this. Yeah, yeah uh, and, the, and the, other, the other thing that I found interesting about that was this is part of being in God's army is they sent in 12 spies into the promised land to survey it. When they came back from doing that survey, they were there for 40 days doing their spying. When they came back, Moses said, what do you guys think? Ten of those spies said, we can't do it. There's giants. It's the land of milk and honey, but they got big walls around all their cities and all this stuff was going on. There was two spies that said, we can do it, and it's God's will because it's the promised land. And that was Caleb and Joshua. They're the only two that were born in Egypt that survived to see the promised land because they went in there and they did God's will, which was to go into the promised land. Yep. So it's important for us to remember that. The other thing is, why were they told to wander in the desert for 40 years? One year for every day that the spies were in the promised land. Hmm. So that's another thing. I didn't, I, I mean, that's just by reading, read this awesome book it's yeah, called the bible yeah. and there's these <laughs> war stories that are just amazing and then well, you know yeah, yeah and then and then and then beyond that when joshua finally took over he was out there kicking butt and can you imagine having a, a your unit colors and on your unit colors you have battle streamers if you looked at joshua's battle streamers he had 31 kings that he had went in there and took their killed all their people took their land because god told him that's what he had to do and you know what God said when, he, when they listed those 31? God told Joshua, he said, well, that's pretty good, but you ain't done yet. And he started listing the other kings and, and tribes that the Israelites had to go and conquer. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we, we sometimes as military and law enforcement people, we do, oh, we've done this. It ain't over. God always right. has more for us to do. I mean, you guys know that every day when you, you do something, you're like, oh, that was awesome. Man, look up on that hill. There's, there's another thing that we have to conquer that we have to go up there. And it, and it gets better 
and easier if you have guys and gals on your right that are that are God's army. Because if you're doing, you know, if you're doing inner lion just to be cool, you guys are pretty cool without doing that. But you're going to be even cooler if all of a sudden nobody knows who you two are and enter the lion. You know, there's 10,000 people that are out there ministering to law enforcement, military people and in their communities acting like good Christian men and women should and finding out who's part of God's army. Amen. I think I love you bringing up Jericho because that battle, I think for me, has a lot of significance personally for when we started ETL because with that, I mean, obviously I've never been to war, but I mean, it's, you know, reading that passage, try to imagine what they were going through, be sitting there and have like your unit commander come up and be like, Hey, we're not going to bring our weapons. We're going to march around the city and play the trumpets. I'd be like, what? You know what I mean? Like, and they're consecrating themselves and they're giving it to God so that when Jericho falls, all glory goes to God and no glory goes to Joshua or the men who took it. And we were, I remember having this conversation with you, Billy, before we started ETL and I was like running numbers and I was just trying to figure out how it would work. And I was like, there's no way we could ever, I mean, who are we? You know what I mean? Like this, this has no hope. And I remember just praying and just saying, Lord, take this idea away. If you don't want us to do it, like, this is crazy. It's taken up a lot of time and, and effort and just take it away. But if you want us to do it, Lord, let us know. And I just felt the the Lord really just distinctly say, bringing up Joshua and, and this and, and kind of relating ETL and basically just saying that, like, kind of reminding me that when Joshua was given victory over Jericho, it was not because of Joshua. It was not because of anything he did. He just had to obey. And by circumcising themselves, they're basically consecrating themselves and making this covenant with the Lord. And the Lord was like, I'll do the same thing with you. If ETL is successful, I have nothing to do with you. You just have to obey me. You obey me. You march around the wall and, and, and toot your horns and let me make the walls fall and the glory will go to me. And that doesn't obviously guarantee that we're going to have 10,000 followers or that we'll you know, make a million dollars. But all the success that we've had is because God has won that success. And it's just trying to keep that, like Jim Bontrager says, that broken and contrite spirit of just, hey, we, we go in, we know that we're nothing, you know, but, but God's doing all the real fighting. And that's what really is amazing about Joshua. He was an incredible warrior, but there was someone incredible fighting before him too. I do want to bring something up right there with, with what you said. So do you know who Duke Krieger is? My buddy from... Yeah, um, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So Duke, the Righteous Duke, the Misfit Toy Society, mm-hmm. he started recording some podcasts and he wasn't being negative. He was just being kind of matter of fact. He's like, well, yeah, we did this podcast and yeah, we've got like, you know, 30 downloads or whatever it was, you know? And I said, uh, why, why do you care? He goes, well, I want to reach people. And I said, you put out that podcast. Has anybody called you? Oh yeah, man. There's a cop that called me from here and he was crying in his car when he listened to this podcast. And I'm like, amen. God sent that podcast and save that dude's life. Numbers don't matter. Lives are what matters. That's one person. That, that's it. If your podcast reaches one person that you save, that's success. You know, so when I look at the numbers, you know, we, we do our podcast. I look at the numbers and it's interesting, but that's not what we're, that's, that's not what it's about. It's touching mm-hmm that right person. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, man. And you never know. I mean, uh, if you reach the, this little kid, uh, this guy reached out to me and said his little son just loves listening to the podcast. 
the kid's like six years old. He listens to the Team VTAC podcast because he likes to hear the hunting stories and he likes to watch Viking Chronicles and all this. And I'm going, all right, that's cool. You know, if he thinks an old dude like me is cool, then hopefully he'll be like, well, that guy's a Christian and his dad's a Christian too. And that's how, how we got this conversation started. So, you know, whatever it takes. I mean, like I said, it's you guys have already, uh, and I know this because I've heard your name come back in different directions. You've touched people's lives, and that's what this is all about. So, you know, the numbers, they don't matter. What matters is the lives. Amen. Well, Kyle, I know we've been talking at you for about an hour or so, so we want to be sensitive to, to the time that you have and all the stuff that you have going on. And we just want to say thank you so much for, for joining us on this podcast. It really is an honor. For those who have been listening to this podcast, please check out Kyle Lamb on Viking Tactics. and Also, the books he's written have been great. I know you're working on another one right now, but – I'll, I'll let you talk about that at another time. And hopefully we can have you on a, for a future podcast when that comes out. We can talk a little bit more. Hey, about wait it. a minute. Everybody that's listening, go and give a five-star review to these cats. <laughs> Write something positive out there and pass this podcast on to all your buddies because you don't know who it is that's suffering, that needs this right now. And we don't know what, we're, what needs to be said. God is trying to lead us in a certain direction. So hopefully something will get said in this podcast that they will pick up on. But Man, tell all your buddies because, you know, this isn't some squishy little old lady with uh, uh, Velcro shoes at the First Baptist Church, which nothing wrong with that little old lady. We love her to death, but this is a little bit different. So yep. give, us, give these cats a five-star review, help them out, and pass this to all your buddies. We'll take four-star reviews, too. Yeah, I, we'll take whatever, I mean, at this point. <laughs> oh, you're worth a five-star. I mean, look at you. You're good. You're, oh, podcast. It's, 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 they can't see how good-looking you are, Josh. Uh, yeah, yeah. See, I'm, I'm glad you said Josh on that one. Josh, yeah. Uh, but thanks again, Kyle, for joining us. And uh, for those who are listening, appreciate it. And uh, Kyle, look forward to talking to you again on another episode sometime. All right. God bless America. Thanks again for joining us at 10th the Line Podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. And if you did and you want to find out more about what we're doing, you can find us on social media or join us on our website at entheline.co. And it's entheline.co. 